Hi, we bring you now the first episode of our new Night Vale Presents podcast, Good Morning Night Vale. In it, Night Vale cast members Meg Bashwinner, Hal Lublin, and Symphony Sanders discuss every Night Vale episode in order, starting with the pilot, which is what you'll hear them discussing today. These three are so funny and warm, and listening to this podcast is like getting to hang out backstage at a Night Vale live show. If you'd like to keep listening to this show, please be sure to subscribe to Good Morning Night Vale directly on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. A friendly desert community where the sun is hot. The moon is beautiful and mysterious lights pass overhead while we all pretend to sleep. Good morning, Night Vale. I was like, ooh, that got a little chill when you said that, Hal. That was good. Oh, thank you. I exist to give people chills. That's what I'm here for. You're I'm a very talented. Some people say I have no chill, <laughs> but I think I just proved differently. I think you have lots of chill. Thank you. All right, everyone. <laughs> I think you have the most chill. Hey, <laughs> everyone. Welcome to Good Morning Night Vale, a new podcast where we recap every episode of Welcome to Night Vale. Woo! <laughs> Ooh, everyone's afraid to talk. Um, I know. So, uh, <laughs> I think it'll get better like later, but like right now, I'm like, do I say yes? Welcome to the clunky intro of our brand new show. Um, my name is Meg Bashwinner, and I am the woman who talks to you at the end of every Welcome to Night Vale episode. I also play the voice of Deb, a uh, sentient patch of haze, and uh, I am the MC of the live shows. If you've been to one of our live shows, you've seen me for the most part, unless you came to the show in Birmingham in 2015. You didn't see me. I wasn't at that one. Other than that, that's me. Who else is on the call with me? Who else is here? Silence. Oh, I was letting. I was go. I was saying ladies first, but I'll I was go. waiting for you. Go, I'm, you go. Okay. Uh, my name is Hal Lublin, and I am the voice of Steve Carlsberg, and I have been since 2013. Wow, I can't believe it's been since 2013. My mind is ready to explode with happiness, and I'm really excited to be a part of this and to uh, stroll back through Night Vale with both of you. And I'm Symphony Sanders, and I play. Teen militia leader Tamika Flynn in Welcome to Night Vale. And I have since, I also think, 2013. I'm not sure someone would have to tell me. Um, and I'm super excited to go through all of these episodes with you guys. I'm also excited to go through all these episodes. It's been fun. It's nice to to take a look back on the oh, lots and lots of episodes. By the time this airs, I think there will be like a, a hundred and... 2,930 episodes of Welcome to Night Vale, wow. which is really wonderful. That's a lot of episodes, Meg. Not to mention all the live shows and, uh, and yeah, all the, all the things. Um, so, yeah, so we're going back. We're talking uh, – we're going to be talking with uh, some people who are involved in the Welcome to Night Vale world. On this episode, we're going to hear from the voice of Night Vale, Cecil Baldwin. Um, we chat with him about uh, – about his experiences and his reactions to the pilot episode of this show. 
and we'll have that for you later, which is really exciting. Um, so yeah, so we'll be hearing from different people involved in the Night Vale world over the course of this podcast. And in this episode specifically, we'll be hearing from Cecil and we'll be talking about the different episodes of the show, our personal reactions to them, uh, as well as the global reactions to them. Can, can I jump in for a second and say what I love about the show that we're doing? Even though it's the first episode Please. of like the first five <laughs> minutes of it. Uh, this is what's cool yes. about it. For all of you Night Vale fans out there who have not been able to come to a Comic-Con where we've done a panel, uh, who have never gotten to see us in person or gotten to sort of learn a, a little bit about what's going on behind the curtain of the show, I think it's really cool that you get three people who have been involved in the show for a very long time uh, sort of walking you through it and not only sort of talking about what happened, but giving you some insight and uh, and we'll be answering your questions on occasion as well. So this is this is really for all of you out there who are fans of the show to give you another layer of of Night Vale and maybe answer some questions you had or raise some new ones if we're doing our job. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> Was I wrong? Correct. Was I no? Bad? You're Great. correct. No, that's really beautiful. Okay. Yeah. All right, good. It's really beautiful. It was just yeah, such I'm a good, good. You really impacted us. It was yeah, such a good description. <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing where this uh, where this podcast takes us. So, um, yeah, so let's get down to business. We're doing the pilot, the pilot of Welcome to Night Vale. We're discussing that today. The plot description of which is a new dog park opens in Night Vale. Carlos, a scientist, visits and discovers some interesting things, seismic things, plus a helpful guide to surveillance helicoptering. I'm a really good reader. Um, so, yeah. That's why you do so, this fictional podcast. Yeah. That's why I do this fictional podcast. So, we uh, we did a re-listen. Do we want to talk about what our reactions were? Yeah. Um, I mean, if you really look uh, not even that deeply into it, a lot of the things that come up in the first episode are some of our biggest fan Things like the dog park, obviously, what we're, uh, you know, so many people are known for talking about hooded figures and the sheriff's secret police and kind of introducing the town of Night Vale and like immediately putting you in this space of uh, distrust, <laughs> right? Um, that you can't go in the dog park. Even though a new one was built, there's not dogs aren't allowed in there. People aren't allowed in there. You basically, don't acknowledge it. Yeah, I was struck by that too about how so much of the Night Vale world that we know today existed in this first episode. So we've mm -hmm. got the dog park, we've got hooded figures, we've got the sheriff's secret police, we've got old woman Josie and angels and um, Big Rico's Pizza and the Desert Bluffs rivalry mm -hmm. and like just there's so and Carlos and Cecil like he says in this episode I fell in love with Carlos. Cecil says it. It's just like there's so much of what makes Night Vale Night Vale just in this first twenty minutes. Yeah, I think I think the hallmark of really good storytelling is rather than beginning at the beginning is to start in the middle and you are dropped into the middle of what feels like a fully realized world and and it's a testament to how it was written that all those elements from the pilot have just been built on and mm -hmm. even even that thing that the great humor in Nightvale for me, the thing that I enjoy the most is that contrast to the ordinary with the fantastic that's treated as completely mundane and and like standard. So there's no 
like wink to the audience. There's no, we get, this is weird. It's just, this is the world you're in. And, and that allows you to sort of jump into it completely. And I love that, 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 uh, Joseph and Jeffrey joke rhythm they have where they're like, uh, there are no dogs allowed in the dog park. Do not look at the dog park. Do not taste the dog. Like that building rhythm where they just attack a type of announcement or, or an angle of something over and over again and, and keep building on it. I, I really loved seeing that from the beginning. I, I forgot. I hadn't listened to this in years and years and years. And it was really interesting to see how how formed their voice was for this from the jump. Yeah. Ex- I, yeah. I haven't listened to this episode until like it, it was probably this episode premiered June 15th, 2012, which is Night Vale's birthday. And uh, it almost six years ago to the airing of this episode. And that that was the last time I listened to it when Joseph was like, Hey, do you want to listen to this thing I made? And I was like, sure, hon, you know, what, what do you got? And, <laughs> and that was the last time I listened to it. And it really is great to be able to look back at it and hear so much of their voice and also Cecil's voice. Uh, and, and the development of the character of Cecil as our reliable, unreliable narrator. What did you think the first time you heard it? Way back then, when it was like, listen to this thing I made. What 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 was your impression of it? I think it was initially initially just it was so different than anything else I'd seen Joseph make before, and also so it, I always I'm always impressed by Cecil the the actor Cecil the person I, you know I love and is a dear friend, and Cecil the actor blows me away every time. Yeah. Uh, it, no matter how many you know how long I've worked with him and how long I've known him, so I was really impressed by his voice acting and how much how much world he was able to build um, just behind a microphone. I the world of audio fiction was in a newer place then. So it was interesting to kind of see what one man and a one microphone could build. And that was that was really cool. I, remember, I think I remember being like, this is cool. Um, and then, you know, it was, it was before Night Vale was a thing. So it was like, this is cool. What do you want for dinner? Like, like let's, <laughs> you know, you, Joseph, you made a nice thing. It's great. Um, yeah. Uh, I remember him saying. Along that line, rem- like, where did you think, uh, where did you think this was going to? Did you think it was going to go anywhere? Did you think it was just like a fun project that he was working on? What What were your initial ideas? I remember of- him saying to me, I feel like this could be a thing, um, which is interesting now because it definitely has been a thing. But at the time, it was like I, he never had – he had we had projects that we worked on. We had projects that we did. Um, and I, I think he, the confidence that he had in, in this project was different than what we had had seen before from him. And he had definitely had successful projects before, but definitely nothing with the audience and impact that Welcome to Night Vale has had. So, and so yeah. past this, past this pilot, like when, cause this happened in 2012, but like, when did you guys, do you remember the the day that you were like, oh, this is like more than just a thing we do? Yes. I don't remember like the specific day it was, but it was it was about a year, a year later. Nice. The first, first year of Night Vale was great. People listened to it. Joseph and Jeffrey were like, hey, some of our friends have listened to this show. How great is that? <laughs> uh, and... Uh, I remember there was like one fan that we saw, like we would, Joseph would search Twitter to see if anyone was listening to it. And we would often get people being like up all night, vale, which is vale is a, a verb in Spanish. Does it mean, I think it, what does vale mean? Um, so we would get those tweets. We didn't get, we'd search Welcome to Night Fail and we'd get tweets in Spanish saying vale. Um, <laughs> and then eventually we saw people talking about it. And there was this one, uh, this one fan who, uh, who's named Dana and Dana would, 
tweet about listening to the show with friends. And there was one tweet that was from Dana that was like, Mom, stop trying to bring us enchiladas. We're listening to Welcome to Night Vale. Um, And so we thought that was really super sweet. And so they had they named the character of Dana after after Dana, the the person who was tweeting at us. Oh, that's so funny. Also, I love enchiladas. Yeah, I mean, but if if you're trying to listen to Welcome to Night Vale and your mom was trying to bring you enchiladas, I would I would personally be like, thanks, mom. <laughs> right, it's like a listening snack. No shade to Dana, but um, <laughs> so yeah, so uh, uh, but, uh, about a year into it, it started to get some traction. We did a, a, our first birthday party uh, at a at a space in New York that had about a hundred people come to it, which was awesome. So cool that we had a hundred people that knew about us, and then. Then things changed pretty rapidly in July of 2013. We used to sell T-shirts on Amazon, Welcome to Nightfall T-shirts on Amazon. And I think we printed we printed like 50 of them. Yes. Um, and like once a week or so, we'd get an order for a T-shirt. And Joseph would package it up and take it to the post office and send it out. And then over the course of a weekend, we got an order for a thousand t-shirts and then that before the before amazon shut it off because it just like kind of went out of control it's like too much it was too much it was like it was we didn't have the the stock for that so we went and had more t-shirts printed one weekend just sitting in our studio apartment in brooklyn packaging t-shirts a thousand of them which doesn't like it's a a number that doesn't really make sense until you actually sit down and do it and it was so hot i sat in the apartment and just did it and i watched i think i watched uh like a chef's the first season of a chef's life on netflix while i did it (laughs) and i had was using the package like the packaging tape like just touching it over and over again so i had no skin left on my fingertips slowly pulling off layers of skin And then I made Joseph take me out for ramen, and <laughs> that was my payment for packaging a thousand t-shirts. Was my husband or my boyfriend at the time took me out for ramen? <laughs> well, that's like um, in Seinfeld. What I probably can't mention that in that one show where that lady died, she was sending out her wedding invitations, and like she kept licking the stamps, licking the stamps, and the like glue was poisonous. Good thing you're still alive, though. Wait, yeah, I still have use of my fingers. Why can't we mention that show? Are we restricted from talking about I mean, can you? Sure. I don't, I don't know. know the rules of audio recording. I'll tell you what. Seinfeld, McDonald's. Yeah. I've been around the block. <laughs> Let me tell you something, Jerry Seinfeld. You're welcome to come on this podcast anytime you want to show your face. We'll all get into an old car with you. You can take us out for coffee. We'll for sit coffee? and complain about comedy. It'll be great. I'll make you that offer right now. I'm very funny. He who will, will not be I will make sure named. I say nothing funny. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even smile the whole time. I do love that show, but he complains all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be hard being him. Yeah, it's really <laughs> difficult. Anyway, not to throw shade on Jerry. No. Um, so yeah, so that's what we kind of we kind of got off on our lovely little tangent talking about the very beginning and, yeah. and where we are now. But we can um, go back. Look, that's let's go back. That's the great thing about let's a go. nice conversation. Let's go back. Let's talk about the beginnings of Celios, the beginnings of Carlos and yeah, Seeds. Well, yeah, before which, it was Cecil, like just nameless announcer, right? Just announcer, he w- or narrator, right? But people, I guess, didn't even did they reference him? What did they do before he had a name? I don't know. I don't know if anyone listened to the show like in a fan base before. They- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in the early early days. Uh, it struck me. Was it was it weird for either of you now? listening to it through the lens of six years of content, almost five and a half, whatever, whatever we're up to as of this recording that 
everything sort of takes on extra meaning. I, for me in particular, playing somebody who's like not the conspiracy theorist, but the guy who seems to know the truth about what's going on, that through that lens, I was yeah. like, he's lying. He's a puppet. I can hear it right now because that, all of that <laughs> was just being established. Did, did either of you get that sense or, or am I just going in too deep? Yeah. No, I think I think that is like – I'm not as conspiracy theorist, but I am also dazzled by magic. So, like, <laughs> there are things in the early episodes of Welcome to Night Vale that I'm like, how did they know? You know? Like, <laughs> how did they know? And <laughs> I just love it. I like going back and listening to it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, like talking about like seismic activity and like that there's something like happening in Night Vale and like how he was like talking about like the different, uh, the, how it was very interesting scientifically. And I like just finding out those things, like you're just like, Oh, now I'm, I'm like, did they know from the beginning? But then now I, I know because they're my friends. I'm like, they didn't. Right. You know. Or maybe they did. Who knows? Maybe they're possessed. They're probably possessed. We'll find out later. In in season 18 of Welcome to Night Vale, it'll be revealed. <laughs> well, I remember talking to Joseph, and this was this had to be sometime in, I think, 2013, early 2014. And it like th- I know at that point, things were still being sort of plotted out. Like, hey, we had some thoughts about what? Uh, at that that conversation was about Stephen Cecil's relationship, and maybe Cecil's not the most re- reliable narrator. So now that's something that's sort of rung in my head, and it and it developed over the course of of a couple of years. But now going back, it's inter- You know, w- when you go back with that knowledge of what's to come, it it colors everything that you hear, which I think is a hallmark of how good the writing is. That they were able to take it, mm-hmm. even if that's not something they had planned out for 2014 2015 that that they got there in a way that that the internal logic stays intact as a whole yeah that you can go back and listen re-listen to stuff and you're like oh yeah that there's no like gaps where you're like oh that was totally forgotten about you know it's not like lost yeah, you're you're watching. You're like, they don't even know. He doesn't even know what's going to happen. I can't believe I'm listening. Like, I have more knowledge than the character does, and it's you, right. you're getting to watch them. You get to rediscover it by listening along, which I think is really really cool. That is really cool. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but it is a pretty cool experience to be like, oh, I'm the I'm the reliable narrator now because I know. Yeah, because you're from the future. I'm from the future. Oh my future. goodness, we're all time travelers. This is very exciting. <gasps> you're all time. You guys. This is the best way to time travel. <laughs> um, um, so I feel yeah. like I'm in so, quantum uh, leap. <laughs> I'm just going to start m- mentioning major television shows. <laughs> yes. Hey, I think it's fine. They can all come for us. They can all come directly for us. Yeah, what are they going to do? Send us to Cheers? (laughs) The Borg going to come get us from Star Trek? Yeah, I mean, we're just like Raymond. Everybody loves us. (laughs) Sesame Street. You were saying, Meg? (laughs) Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was just... um, I was just thinking. All right. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I think it was interesting that what we were talking about for a moment were the, the, the sparks of love between Cecil and Carlos. I think it's it, yes. interesting to, to, 
this show is not one that describes people's physical characteristics very much, but Carlos is described right away. His teeth and hair are described, which yes. when I like wrote that down, I was like, teeth and hair. Um, <laughs> what wonderful notes. What wonderful notes. Um, and yeah, and Cecil's description of I fell in love instantly. And uh, so they describe his perfect hair and his teeth like a military cemetery and that he is beautiful. Hey, <laughs> you like what you like, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. The lens of Cecil's developed. Yes. Is that um, is that how you felt about Joseph the first time you saw him? If I'm being honest about the first time I met Joseph, I did not think that he was. Uh, I thought he was gorgeous. I mean, I thought like he's a he's a good looking dude. Yeah. Um, but we did not get along on a personal level. I think that's just because I didn't quite understand who he was. And then once I got to know him, I fell in love over time slash instantly. Right. Um, but yeah, the for, the for we met in the box office of the Crane Theater, which is where uh, that's the place that the Crane Theater is the place where I met Joseph, I met Jeffrey Craner, and I met Cecil Baldwin. So it's a sacred, sacred space. Most but, of yeah, the important men in your life. Yeah. Yeah. When I'm all of them except for you know like my dad. Yeah. And Hal Lublin. So, <laughs> Correct. Uh, I met my dad in the hospital when I was born. <laughs> It was a good day. Was like, I met my mom and my dad and like maybe my sister all on the same day, oh, which is pretty great. That's a big day. It's like, did, that's pretty important. Did I know at the time? Did I know at the time like how important those people would be to me? No, I was an infant. Um, I was a newborn, <laughs> but I, fe- I felt it. I think maybe. Um, all right. Um, so yeah. So when I first yeah, but this isn't a love podcast. When I first met Joseph, I was like, who is this kid? What does he want? Um, and then yeah, we became friends, and I. Only wanted things from him from that point out. (laughs) (laughs) Then you made him yours. (laughs) Yeah. So then I realized how wonderful and smart and I I always knew he was attractive. He's a good looking kid. He really is. Anyway. All right. So um, other things in this episode, there's the NRA bumper stickers. Okay. Uh, Okay. Here's the thing. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yell. I, I, I wasn't going to say anything. I was making what making. No, I got really floor. excited. I'm sorry. I got really excited because I was thinking about this in the first two episodes. They make their stance very, very clear yeah. about where they stand with like governments and the NRA and guns and all sorts of business like that. So to all of you friendlings out there who love your second amendment. We love you too. However, listen to the episodes. It's, it is really striking. I I agree. I had the same, I wrote that down too. that idea of like the way the, so you, you know where they stand right away. And, and sadly, it's really sad that six years later, that that is really relevant to the point that listening to it, I was like, hold on, this could have been written uh, Any time in the last year, three weeks ago, I mean, yeah, could have been, yeah. Three, it could have been an hour ago, and it would feel just as relevant. Which is like it's, it's, it's a, that's a piece of commentary about a lot of different things, but in particular, yeah. it's it's nice to see like again, it's it's very much them and what's inside of them, and them writing their what's in their heart, probably with the idea of like, hey, it doesn't matter who listens to us, we're gonna make something that we care about, and that comes through big time in moments like that in particular. Yeah. I mean, if, if Night Vale is an American city, which it's in the American Southwest, the city in the American Southwest, it's, it's set in America. So the people who, we can't hide from that. We can't run from that. Whether it is this totally bizarre world where up is down and down is up, it is still footed in America. And so there's the unescape, there's things that are unescapable about it. 
and uh, yeah, and th- yeah, Joseph and Jeffrey are not ones to ever really hide their opinions when it comes to <laughs> things like gun violence. Um, True. Yeah. True. Um, so, and, and as we have also evidenced by when we travel throughout this beautiful country of ours, um, I remember there's been airports that we've gone through where there's been a sign that says, did you forget to take the gun out of your luggage? And I'm like, oh, I never put one in there. Dang it. I guess yeah, I, I can't to bring dry that. shampoo. Right. But <laughs> like literally, you're what like, about you can't my bring yogurt? that dry shampoo. Yeah. What about my yogurt? <laughs> what are, hang on, side note, tangent. Why are old people always trying to bring yogurt on the airplane? Like it's a liquid, friend. Like, <laughs> oh my God. One time I was at the Constant metal detector. Struggle. At LAX, and I, I was behind a group of, of older German tourists, and it was like they huddled up beforehand. They were like, all right, which rule do you want to break? Because we shouldn't all do the <gasps> same one. I'll have a pocket full what? of coins. Meanwhile, you'll have a gallon of water in a camelback that you have strapped on that you don't understand <laughs> you can't have for a variety of reasons. And then can you just be juggling grenades as you try to walk through? That'd be great. <laughs> all right, break. And it took forever. It felt like, I mean, again, probably wasn't that long, but it felt like nine days <laughs> of waiting for them to get to get it together and realize that they can't like like drive a car through the metal detector. It was bizarre. You grew a beard in that time. I grew a long wispy beard. I scratched several lines, both horizontal and vertical, into the wall to mark how long I'd been there. Uh, All right. Welcome to this very important podcast where we talk about <laughs> how things can be frustrating in lines at airport security. Yeah. We're so sorry. It's all anyway. part of the Night Vale uh, experience. Yeah. I was going to say, we were um, talking about Joseph before. I wanted to bring it to the weather. Yeah, the weather. Let's tease Let's tease it like they do on the show. So okay. we'll be like, next up, we're going to talk to Welcome to Night Vale's voice, Cecil Baldwin. But first, we're going to talk about the weather. Yes. Donna. That was okay. good. That was a good teaser. We teased it. You teased really the shit out it. of it. Um, yeah. So the, the weather, these and more than these. It was Joseph. Joseph Fink. I didn't husband. know. I thought, I didn't know who, I was listening to it. And I was like, this guy sounds super familiar, but I'm, I don't, I can't place him musically to any other songs that I would have heard from him. And then I get to the end of. Of the episode, like the uh, Meg says, the weather was these and more than these by Joseph Fink. And I'm like, get the fuck out of town. That was Joseph. And uh, he's such a good singer. He's a beautiful singing voice. How do I not know this after after all this time? And it's a really, it's an enjoyable song. It's a good song. It is. The lyrics are are great. They're super weird and fun. Okay. So first of all, let's talk about the weather being a song. Yeah, this is the first time that happened. The first time I ever, I remember back in the day when I first listened to the episode, I remember I was like, okay, and now the weather, because they had had other installments, a community calendar and like whatever. And you're like, okay, like, that's cool. Like, that makes sense. It's like weird and kind of funny. But then the the weather is music. What a brilliant idea. Like, and now that I know Joseph as well, like it makes so much sense. Um, 
Joseph and Jeffrey, like it makes so much sense because they are so focused in music. They both love music so much. And Joseph especially loves independent music. And I admire that. And listening to this show, I have found more musicians and more music that I would have never, ever heard of in my entire life. And I, it's like getting a recommendation from a friend, right? You know, you're like, they're like, oh, I think you would like this song. And they play the song and it's like, wow. But this song in particular being the first song, I always, I keep thinking, I'm like, was he just like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to put this song on there. Or had he thought, oh, I'm going to try and see if I can find other people or whatever. I guess I don't know that bit. No, I mean, knowing knowing Joseph and knowing his process behind this, he was definitely like, okay, well, what do I have the rights to? Okay, something that I own. <laughs> right. so, um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know, like, I don't know his process behind selecting. He has, Joseph has a, a lot of songs. He's had some of them be on the weather. He's yep. uh, has some that weren't on the weather that are just, that just exist. Um, I used to go see him play at open mics in divey places and in, in, in New York City, and he would play his original songs. And he would also play a Leonard Cohen cover or two because that's how adorable he is. And uh, so I think – I don't know why he selected this one, these and more than these, but I like it. I think it's really fitting in the first episode. I yeah. think it gets – going to get an interesting uh, – get Joseph's voice as a songwriter as well as Joseph's voice as a writer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I think when, yeah, he was first starting to, to place the weather, he was like, well, who do I, who do I know that will say yes to this? And he was the one who could do that for the first episode. Right. It me, you know? It me. And now it's it's branched out so much like so many people, like people like the Mountain Goats have premiered premiered songs on the show. And That's Dessa phenomenal. has premiered songs on the show. And people have like the Felice brothers have premiered stuff. It's so it's like there's all these bands that we like love and have loved forever. Um and musicians that are getting are putting their work on our show. And it's yeah. it's 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 so cool to start from, you know, to start from here and, and get to get to a bigger place. Yeah. Um as well as the submissions, there was a, a while where we were taking submissions for the weather, and we yeah. got so much great music from people. And it's like, you know, the, it got to the point where it's like we still we still use from those submissions. We open submissions, I think, for like a couple a couple weeks, and we still use the some of those submissions. Um, there were just hundreds of great, great songs. It's amazing. But that's also how we get introduced to so many great artists that we've heard of and, and ones that we've worked with. Um, Mary Epworth and Eliza Rickman and Dessa and uh, Doomtree and all sorts of people, people from all over the world, which is really phenomenal. And actually, I'm going to see Dessa this weekend for her new Chime tour. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's a great album. It's, it's a great so album. good. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. She hasn't made anything I don't like. She hasn't sent a text message I didn't like. Like every like every piece of her writing is that good. She's you know? a poet. Like, she's a poet. Yeah. She's a poet. Yeah, seriously, she is. Like she she Facebook comments in a beautiful way. Like she just, you know she's just um, um, she's a super sick performer. But uh, yeah, but, but yeah, it's like we just. We get to meet such great people, and and luckily we get to to work with them when they come on tour with us. Like we've had, and like we've really bonded with all of them. I think tour tour will bond you to people. Yeah, like it's been it's cool to to bond to people who are like they kind of come they start as outsiders and then they become insiders. <laughs> They're on the inner circle. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, we should uh, just a side note. We should uh, have a. Maybe special episodes talking about tour in particular. I mean, I feel like we'll talk about it anyways, but like be like, oh, tour shows, like investigators, 
what else did we do? Old ghost Oak, stories. Yeah, old, we did old, we did ghost old, stories. We also old Oak doors. We didn't tour, but we did it the live. Debate. Condos. Right. We sort of toured. That'll be pretty um, interesting to uh, when yeah. we come across those. Can uh, and we'll have to go over the controversy of the, uh, the. Will we go over the controversy of the original Tamika Flynn? I think we will. I think that's that's. I think stay tuned, audience. The we will one. go over that controversy. It's um, me. It's there's also the been co- me. there's also. The controversy of the original Carlos. Yes. Oh, yeah, so yeah, we'll have to talk, for sure. We'll talk about that with Hefe. Yeah, with El Hefe, and maybe even with Dylan Maroon, short for Dylan Marin. Ooh. Um, there'll be more fun guests coming. But speaking of more fun guests coming, we go now to our conversation with Cecil Baldwin. All right. So, who do we have with us on the line? Who could it be? Wait, is that me? Uh, it's you. <laughs> do you know yes. who you are? You get three guesses. It's me. All right, that's Wait. that's one. Sis- that's one. Sis- uh, also me and my cell phone. Cecilia Joyce Baldwin. That's right. Yes. It's me, Cecil Baldwin. So, Cecil Baldwin, what is it that you do for Welcome to Nightmare? <laughs> what? <laughs> what don't I do for Welcome to Nightmare? <laughs> um, I I'm a I'm a voice actor on Welcome to Nightmare. Uh, the I play the character of Cecil Palmer. Although we're we're talking about the pilot episode, so one yes, there was sure no are. there was no Cecil and there was no Palmer. It was just guy. It was like dude on mic, <laughs> unbodied voice, just the voice of. <laughs> yep. The voice of, you were the voice of for a very long time before yeah. you got proper named. So yeah, so we have Cecil Baldwin with us. Cecil is, of course, the voice of Night Vale, the, the velvet host of Night Vale Radio, the velvet voiced voice, the velvet mm. voiced host. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's um, a lot of words. And, yeah. So yeah, so Cecil, as you mentioned, we're discussing the pilot episode. Um, so the pilot episode aired June 15th, 2012. What was your life like in June 15th of 2012? Oh my god, if I was better at multitasking, I would totally look up my Facebook page from 2012 just to see what was up, but I, I literally can't talk and uh, handle technology at the same time. So You need uh, a time hop. I know, I know, I was thinking about that. See, had I done any preparation for this show, I would have already done that. <laughs> um, but the prep I did was listen to the pilot twice while I made dinner tonight. So, you know. That, that I was like, that's enough. What was my life like? I was probably waiting tables six days a week at a restaurant in Chelsea, New York, probably doing too much light makes the baby go blind, trying desperately to get onto law and order or, um, <laughs> oh man, uh, Oh, what was like the one? every New York actor? Like every New York actor. What was the one? What was the one on HBO uh, that was like like A Carnival? No, no, no. It was like the, like oh no, Five Points, New York, old rough New York. Yeah, yeah. Oh. With um, with Steve Buscemi. With Steve yes. Buscemi. Yeah, Boardwalk, Boardwalk Empire. Empire. I was tr- like yeah. Boardwalk uh, Empire. That was yes. like. That was like, as long as that show was on, somebody kept calling me back. And I was like, maybe this time. And I never got it. So that was probably what I was doing uh, (laughs) at that point (laughs) in my life. And living in like the tiniest apartment in West Harlem with the tallest man uh, that could possibly (laughs) fit into that apartment with me. And that was where I recorded this pilot episode. You're living in a sitcom. <laughs> he was Balky. Yeah, yeah. It was like a sad, <laughs> like kind of foul-smelling sitcom. Um, I, have a, I have a question for you, Cecil. This, yeah, this is Hell Lovelet. I play your uh, your brother outside the law, Steve Carlsberg. What? Just to just to introduce myself. Yeah, it's me. Who are you? 
We've roomed together. Who, we're we're road roomies. Um, yeah. Who am I? <laughs> me too. Yeah. I, we, I think we have. Me we, too. Have I've, we all roomed? We've, I've, no, yeah. everybody except for like, I haven't stayed with Hal before. Right. Oh, yeah. I haven't stayed with Hal either. So yeah, so Cecil, you're the unique one in this nice. conversation being that you've roomed with Hal. Nice. But I'm, we've I'm, all we've all roomed with you. I'm the yeah. spoke of the wheel. And everybody's like, Cecil's okay, no thanks. Around. Next door <laughs> next door Cecil has his own room. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my question is, which roommate was the best? No, I my uh, which uh, actual question was wow. <laughs> <laughs> in, in and the March Madness practice. Symphony Sanders is a pretty good roommate. Yeah. I'll say it. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak to, hey. to many other people. Symphony Sanders is an excellent roommate. She excellent. always brings me water. She always oh brings God. me water. Coconut so. water and yeah, no. <laughs> I like to create an experience, you guys. And you I getting up early to question. go exercise wakes me up so then I can then go back to sleep <laughs> <laughs> and then say hello yeah. to you after you've worked out and be like, oh, maybe I should get out of bed now. <laughs> I come in glistening and I'm like, hey, wake up. Are you ready? <laughs> the sun's been ready up for to six face hours. The day? <laughs> <laughs> I've had a full day. <laughs> uh, did you have a act- question, Hal? I can't yes, remember. I did have an actual question listening to it. One thing that struck me, even in like the first three minutes of the episode listening mm. to it was like, oh, I'm listening to Cecil like find his character. Like oh, as yeah. you were doing it, it was evolving even in the first couple moments, which was really impressive to watch you kind of zero in on it. Because I know we've heard this story before in panels, but I'd love to hear a little bit about your initial approach for this episode, looking at it, how much direction you had and like how you were directing yourself, how many takes it took, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Uh, well, at first, it sounds like Cecil on Xanax. Like, it sounds real. I was like, oh, I sound very sedate in this. Yeah. And I think that more than anything kind of set the tone for people who then later would be like, oh, my God, I fall asleep listening to your voice. So soothing. You know, because, like, listening to those first couple of episodes, it really is super neutral. Like, it's so neutral and, like, just really quiet just reading uh and there was like the character of you know like which would later evolve uh you know like wasn't there as much because i don't know you know i i guess i i knew this idea of it would be like an episodic thing uh and it would go on from there but you know i had no idea like how many we were doing or you know like what where this was all going and stuff like that so i was like well let's just you know keep it really basic and simple and just start by words on the page and then finding ways to, you know, how, like have that sort of very neutral narrator voice uh, and then, you know, slowly finding the moments in Joseph and Jeffrey's writing uh, when Cecil does comment on stuff, you know, and there's little ones in this right. first episode, uh, you know, it's just like, oh, and so-and-so brought the corn muffins and they needed salt, you know, like, like, oh, like <laughs> that was a moment that I, you know, that was like a Cecil moment rather than a neutral narrator NPR uh late night radio DJ generic. Right. You know. So when you were initially finding the character, uh, a lot of that was just like feeling it out and yeah. you didn't you weren't sure about where it was gonna come from. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Or where where it was gonna go. So you just were like, I am gonna read this thing as well as I can. Yeah, exactly. Like, like put words on, on sound, you know, into mic. Exactly. Um, and when you're as an actor, of course, obviously you're trying to do the writer's 
words justice, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's uh, that's part of it. But now listening to it, when you go back and have heard it again, do you think, what would you think you might have done differently? What I've done differently? Um, if anything, or was it a perfect read? <laughs> it was, no, it was not perfect. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, I, I do wish that I had had like a chance to like take a crack at it again. I think I would have, in a way, getting to do kind of the the last paragraph as like the forward to the book, the first book was kind right. of a chance to do to like to, to do a do over, and it was so much fun to be at the studio, like in a, like the fancy you know like Midtown studio, like you know with a engineer and a director and like all that stuff, getting to redo what was essentially in the very first episode of the podcast, and you know having seventy plus episodes of Night Vale under my belt at that point, that was really cool. That was super yeah. cool. So did you feel more connected to it? Yeah, like I, you know, I, I felt more connected and also like giving every part of the language weight, you know, because, um, you know, when you like when you're reading something, you're, you're, you're you know, for the first time, uh, especially if it's absurd or, you know, like nonlinear, you know, you just have to kind of like be like, OK, these are the things that I'm going to try and hit and highlight and, you know, let the chips fall where they may, you know. Um, mm-hmm. you know, but like if I had a chance to like go over, uh, go back and, and redo the pilot, you know, I think I would have made some of the one-off jokes, you know, like the, the like two sentence jokes, like yeah. more pu- punchier, punch them up, kid, you know? <laughs> uh, well, I feel like that we get to do now in the live shows when we get to repeat and do the shows over and over again. But yeah, when you record it one time, you're like, oh man, now that I listen to it, I could do something differently. Yeah. Speaking of taking a time travel, let's go back to the time hop thing for like one second. So in your world back then, you said you were like just recording this. You didn't know what was going on and uh, you were waiting tables, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you recorded this, how did you record it? Like, did you go to a place? Can you tell that sort of story? I had to borrow Joseph Fink's, like, snowball microphone, uh, which is this giant plastic, you know, like, ball <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a tripod. Uh, you know, I still it's have like, it. Oh, really? I mean, Get they're, out. like, you can just, you can, like, throw them around and, you know, like, they're, but they're, they're kind of bulky. Um, and, and so he had, like, wrapped it up in a sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and we met at a coffee shop in your Union Square. Uh, and, I, and, you know, it's just like, okay, here, take this, just plug it in to your computer and just record it. Just do it. Um, you can use, like, Audacity or GarageBand, whatever. Uh, and I'd heard of Audacity through the Neo Futurist for, you know, like, free sound editing software. So I was like, okay, I'll check. I'll, okay. Um, so I took this like contraband, you know, like, like little straw baby back to my apartment <laughs> <laughs> and like plugged it in. And I think I recorded maybe the pilot and the second episode at the same time. Or like, I think one, two, and three happened like within the same week. You know, so that way, because like I had the microphone borrowed, you know, and then eventually like I had like returned it and like got my own, you know, and we did the reverse of this like pass off of this weird little small child sized microphone (laughs) 
it wrapped in a sweatshirt, you know, out in front of a coffee shop on the street. It was podcast drugs. It was like illegal podcast contraband. <laughs> In a world where, <laughs> where podcasting is illegal and the penalty is death. <laughs> it's some weird. And the yes. rest is history. It's like a Logan's Run oh. scenario where there's only podcasting right. inside the dome. If you live outside the it's, dome, it's, you got to find your way in that city. Uh, it's, like, it's like a handmaiden's tale, except for podcasting. Yes. <laughs> did, you, did you record them in order? Yes. Okay. Yes. For the most part, absolutely. Like, uh, it wasn't until like, like year, literally years later that I started getting like, it was like three episode arcs or stuff like that where stuff would be out of order. But mostly it was like, you know, like literally like one, two, three, four, five, six in succession for like years. And did they give you an indication like that? Were they like, oh, we're just going to keep doing this until we can't do it anymore? Or yeah. I think I, in like, like around... Like around like episode like seven or eight, I emailed Joseph and was like, hey, <laughs> so where's this going? You know, like, is there a, right. is there a, do y'all have like a giant like dry erase board that you're like, <laughs> you know, have like characters written out and shit like that? And they were like, absolutely not. <laughs> you know, it was like, I think Joseph's reply was like, we just figure we're going to keep making it until we don't want to make it anymore. Like until it's until it stops being fun, I think is literally he's like we're gonna make it until it's like it's not fun to make anymore. And I was like, okay, well here we go, and here we are, and here we are, 125 episodes in. I know, right? (laughs) And I know that's been like you know, there's been a lot of fun stuff along the way, you know, involving like um, continuity and stuff like that, because literally that was how you know, like we made it was just like, okay, here's an episode and here's another episode that kind of mentions this other character, you know, however many episodes back, you know, and like you kind of half remember stuff for me. Like it was a lot of, for my end, it was more about like trying to find episodes that that character was mentioned to be like, wait, does, does like Telly the barber have a voice you know, like, did we ever give him a voice? Does he ever say anything? Right. You know, because there's like, when you're reporting stuff secondhand on, you know, like, which the show is, you kind of have the choice every time you see words in quotes to like, is it impersonation of that character? Or is it Cecil, you know, like, are you trying to sound like the character themselves? Or are you trying to sound like what that narrator's personification of that character is, you know? Right. And like, usually the, like the easiest way is just be like, and then they said a whole bunch of stuff, you know, like much like a newscaster. <laughs> you're not doing it. You're not doing an impersonation. You're just exactly. doing, you're just reporting on what they said. Exactly. So, you know, and, and, you know, like I would just kind of feel it out in this very like one foot in front of the other episode by episode kind of way. And then later on, you know, I was like, oh man, have we heard from Big Rico? Does Big Rico have a voice or a sound? And I'm sure there've been like characters that sounded one way. And then maybe like 20 episodes later there, they say like one sentence and you're like, "Mm, that's totally not right. I'm sure they must, there must be like a million of those. Yeah. Or at least there is in my mind. (laughs) So when you were doing your re-listen tonight, was there anything that jumped out at you that struck you as weird or interesting or like, any 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 feels about listening to the show? Well, okay. So the first one that I the first thing that I noticed from the very beginning is uh, like sort of the entity of like Nightville presents, and like 
you know, like, I was like, oh, man. Like, you know, and it was like Jeffrey came on and they're talking about, like, the Chuck Tingle podcast and, like, uh, conversations with people, you know, like Dylan. And and I was like, oh, man. Because in – it's like, of course, it makes absolute sense. But in my mind, I was like, some of those early intros, especially with Joseph, where he's like – I was like, are we going to get a Dashcon mention? You know, like it's yes. not that early on, but <laughs> I was like, oh man, what? Like those are as much of a time capsule, almost more than like the show itself of like how far, you the know, like, how long ago this was. Yeah. You know, when we're just like. Those are all gone now. Oh, they're, they're like, all of them are gone? They're all gone. Hey, yeah, it's I mean, just like. R.I.P. Yeah. It's like, thanks for loving us. Yeah. Donate. If you can, like, whatever, you get special content, right? I hope somebody yeah, well, has a copy of them somewhere. I think like, I mean, they do exist. Right, yeah. They do exist okay, somewhere. That's, uh, see, that's but, all yeah, I Because know. of the advent of dynamic <laughs> insertion, um, which sounds really dirty, but really it just allows you to move, move stuff around. So, I mean, I uh, a while back, I re-recorded all the uh, credits and proverbs. And, uh, get out of here. No, you didn't. Yeah. What? Yeah. Um, Mags? Yeah, um, and then they chop up what I say at the end of the show, and uh, <laughs> like kind of like there's different versions of it. So mm-hmm. I do what? like a different version, and then then that gets kind of edited around uh, to be like when I talk about the mailing list, or I talk about merchandise, yeah. or I talk about like live shows. That that stuff kind of moves around. Wow. Get um, out of okay, so that and then I that mean, goes yeah. into every episode, just in case somebody's listening now for the first time to the first episode, like they get the current stuff. Yeah, they get the current stuff. So they'll get, uh, mm. they get th- what we're talking about now. That and the, if you listen to the the pilot now and download the pilot now, you'll get. Um, I think I don't remember if it was Joseph or, Joseph or Jeffrey. They do. They talk about live shows or something. You it's know, Jeffrey. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I heard Joseph talking about like donating. To get like, and then you can get special content and all that stuff. Oh, that's oh, so all that, interesting! All that special content, technology. Yeah, yeah. So they can move all that stuff around. They can change it. It's good because, like, you don't want like we want to like if someone's listening to episode seventy and they want to come see a live yeah. show. We don't. They don't want to hear about a live show that happened, you know, a year and a half ago. They want to want to let them know that the there's investigators. Stuff going on yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> I do slightly feel betrayed in a in a heavy way, just like. I'm like I expect. I want to hear those old because that's what I remember when I first listened How to it. Was the classics? It was always Joseph coming in saying there is no Joseph Fink and like here's yeah, yes. we're like, all Joseph here's how you can support the that show. Was we are all really Joseph fun Fink. To record. Let me make some yes. phone calls. Let me see if I can get those recordings for us to work off of. Let me see. I have so to, we don't have to work off the new ones. Well, <laughs> I have Good Morning Night Vale. If if Good Morning Night Vale is truly like a retrospective show, like I feel like that you should go through like an episode later, like pull out some choice ones and and play them for the listeners of like like yes. scene shit. Good idea. Thanks for the content idea. Yeah. That's a good one. I, yeah. And then we can yeah. submit it to the Smithsonian along with that snowball mic. It's part of the Night Vale. Well, I was like, <laughs> which is when there's a Night Vale exhibit at the Brooklyn Museum. And they yeah. have all the artifacts and all the deer paintings and, you know, like the <laughs> laminate for Big Rico's Pizza that I stole from San Diego yes. Comic-Con, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. I actually There'll volunteered to live there for, for all months. the children. Yeah. Oh, oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just going to, like, in a tank. Like, it's a David Blaine thing, but I will have a bed. So that's the difference. And a, and a oh my potty God. The, with a the towel art, so I can The artist it. is present. The yes. artist is present, and it <laughs> is Steve Carlsberg. <laughs> and you press a button to deliver a low-level electric shock. It's fine. I can deal with it. <laughs> you get, like, food pellets. <laughs> 
I know, you that's know? what I was thinking. Yeah. I was like, food pellets. It's like food pellets and Carlsberg beer. Yeah, it's Carlsberg. <laughs> if I can Isn't solve that the puzzle. Isn't like not even like full, that's not even like full alcohol beer? Oh, is that a low alcohol beer? Is it? Carlsberg? Or is it just terrible tasting? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I don't know if I've ever had one. Um a Carlsberg. We should do that next. This tour. If you buy us a Carlsberg beer. Oh wait, no Symphony one will, will hear this. <laughs> <laughs> this episode premieres June the seventh. Yeah. <laughs> if you see one of us, never mind. <laughs> Cut it. Cut it. Cut it. Grant. Cut it. I think. I think. According to Wikipedia, I think Carlsberg is a normal beer. Okay. Uh, Did you look it uh, up? Yeah, I did. Are God, you multitasking with technology? I'm trying to multitask, wow. but it's really Look at hard. you, science. Look at you. Speaking of dark, science. Is it, dark magic. Is it a Dutch beer? Probably. Yeah, Denmark. Is, is Carlsberg yeah. Dutch? Oh, Denmark. Denmark. So it's, um, it's a Danish beer. Who knows beer. with those mm. people? Um, those people who are our fans who listen to us who we love to go see. <laughs> <laughs> hey, love you, Copenhagen. <laughs> like, oh, my God, right? Literally, no one is hating on Denmark, like, ever. So... They can oh my take God. it. Like I, there's a special place in my heart for for uh, Copenhagen. I want to go there so bad. I've had such a splendidly shitty time both times I went, <laughs> but it was like like fireworks of shit. You know, like the best like crazy like travel stories that like in the moment you're like, this is the longest day of my life. Is that when However, they lost? It really was. Luggage. But it's like I know future me is going to like eat up every moment of it. Uh, and it's all because yeah. of Copenhagen. Copenhagen. Yeah. Do you say Hagen or Hagen? I say Copenhagen. Yeah. I guess you can say both. I've heard both. Are both um, correct? Yeah. Or is it just like willy-nilly? My, my guess is it's Copenhagen <laughs> for people who live there, Copenhagen with an American accent? I don't Maybe. Know. That's my guess. Sammy Hagar. Nope. Sammy Hagar. <laughs> Sammy Hagar. Hagen does. Hagen does. Can I get some of that Hagen does? <laughs> That's very Chicago. Hagen <laughs> does. Hey, can I have that Hagen does and a hot dog? Thanks. Can I get a Hagen does, please? Hagen the bears. The bears. Doubles. It's funny because I live here. This is topical. All right. Well, this conversation um, has been a joy. Um, yeah. Cecil, thank you so much for joining us on the first ever Good Morning Night Fail. It's so great thank to hear you from you. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it's super weird to be talking to you all in a professional capacity with, like, listeners listening in. <laughs> Just yeah. you know, FYI. It's like they're backstage with us. Yeah, I know. Except we're wearing clothes. Well, I'm wearing clothes. I don't know, but I can't speak for anyone else on this call. I'm wearing clothes um, for once. Kinda. <laughs> kind of. Kind of. A crop State top of undress. is clothes. I'm wearing and crop top and leggings. Is that That's clothes. And I'm covered in body paint, so I'm good. Ooh. I'll say, I'm wearing a full suit from the waist up and nothing from the waist down. <laughs> Business on top, <laughs> party on the bottom. <laughs> yes. All right, cool. Well, thanks, Cease. Party on. Bye. <laughs> thanks. Bye. 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 Thank you so much for joining us on our first ever episode of Good Morning Night Vale. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about the episode two, Glow Cloud. And we'll be joined by special guest Joseph Fink, the creator and writer of Welcome to Night Vale, and my personal husband. Amongst other things. <laughs> yeah, you'll hear us next time. You'll hear us next time. Thank you so much. Um, good morning, Night Vale. Good morning. Good morning. Bye.
Good Morning Night Vale is a production of Night Vale Presents. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Hal Lublin, and Meg Bashwinner. It is edited by Grant Stort. It is mixed by Vincent Cachione. It is produced by Meg Bashwinner. Theme music by Disparition. Special thanks to our guest this week, Cecil Baldwin. Leave us a voicemail at 929-277-2050 or email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and ask questions or just to say which one of the hosts is your favorite. For more information on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com or follow us on Facebook and on Twitter at Nightvale Chat. Special thanks to Christy Gressman, Jeffrey Craner, Joseph Fink, and Adam Cecil. Today's adverb. Zestfully. I zestfully zested an orange because I am flamboyant and I cared deeply about really hammering in those notes of citrus in my flavor profile. I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Good Morning Night Vale. This show will come out weekly, so to hear more of these three, subscribe to Good Morning Night Vale directly on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to shows. And also, consider leaving a review. That, I think, helps us out. I don't know. No one's really cracked the Apple algorithm, but at the very least, it makes us feel good. Thanks!